I'm Kristen. And I'm Serena. And this is Oi with the Coffee Already. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 19, where we are talking about the Queen's Gambit. Yes. I'm it's so excited. An amazing show. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. And this is probably the newest thing we've talked about. Everything else we've talked about is kind of older. Right, it's right. It's the newest thing. Yeah. Um, so this came out in uh, October 23rd, 2020. It is a limited series of seven episodes. It was released on Netflix. Um, the series creator, writer, and director uh, is a man named Scott Frank, mm-hmm. who is also a writer for Logan, Marley and Me, and Minority Report, among several others. Oh. Um Interesting. But when I saw he was a writer for Logan, I was like, oh, I kind of, I can kind of see that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, our cast, which um, are, of course, the uh, leading lady, Anya Taylor-Joy, played Beth Harmon. Um, she's a British-born English actress. Mm-hmm. Um, she was, she's also Emma in the new Emma movie. Yep. Which I didn't know that. I was not paying that close attention to. <laughs> She's also in the dark, the new Dark Crystal series and The Witch. Mm-hmm. Um, Bill Camp plays Mr. Shyball. He's also in 12 Years a Slave and Joker. Uh, Marcin Doroskansi, which I hope I said that right. He's Polish, but he played Valsi Borgrov. Um, he played the Russian mm. chess player that she had to beat. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was also an anthropoid. And a lot of his films are Polish films. So a lot right. of things that he does are... Um, Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I don't know any of these. <laughs> um, Marielle Heller played Alma Wheatley, which is the woman who adopted Beth. Mm-hmm. Um, she actually has directoral credits. She um, has directed A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood uh, oh. and The Diary of a Teenage Girl. And there's a couple other things, but I didn't even put her acting credits. I put her directorial credits because they were more impressive. Wow, um, that's really cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, she directed the, which I haven't seen it, but it's the A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, yeah. is, for those who don't know, is the um, Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers film. Yeah, with yeah. Tom Hanks. Um, Thomas Brody Sangster played Benny Watts, also an uh, English actor, and we know him from Love Actually, Maze Runner, and Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yes. I know he got big and tall. <laughs> I know. It's so weird because he still looks the same. He still looks like such... He looks like a little boy, but not at the same time. But you could definitely tell it's yes. him. So, yes. super cute. Um, And then we've got Moses Ingram plays Jolene. And she really hasn't been in a whole lot. There was nothing that stuck out. So I didn't put anything down for her. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love her. I hope she. Oh, I love her. I hope this helps her career and helps it take off. She Definitely. was amazing. Yeah. So. Um, Harry Melling played Harry Beltic. He was. This shocked the hell out of me. Because I was like, how did I not see this? Because I know, like, for you, you probably don't even care. But he, <laughs> he's in the Harry Potter series. And he played freaking Duds- Dudley Dursley. Which I was like holy crap i was like the chubby little kid grew up (laughs) so he's also a british actor as well um but yeah it was so crazy to me i was like wait a minute (laughs) that's hilarious i I have no idea who you're talking about but that's i know you don't (laughs) you will in september in september you will and then you're gonna be like oh my god that's who that is anyways um, he so played funny. a spoiled little chubby brat is who he played he mm-hmm. played harry potter's cousin oh, okay. and so anyways we'll get more <laughs> to that in september sounds good and then lastly i have on here is jacob fortune lloyd who played dl towns uh mm-hmm. he was also in medici i hope i said that one right i i think i tried watching that show once i just didn't get around to finishing it i have no idea what that is i don't know what that is though I know it's on Netflix, but I don't know. If, I don't think it's a Netflix show. Right. I know it's on Netflix. on Netflix, and I think it has to do with like like Italian family and like. Anyways, What's it called again? Medici, M E D I C I. Oh, okay. I have seen that on there. I just haven't watched it. <laughs> yeah. No, that's fine. Um. So those are the only people I put in there because mm-hmm. they were the most. The only other one that I probably should have put in was the woman who played um the teacher Beth's mom because oh. you do see her 
in every episode technically, but it's True. always so short. And so, anyways, but that's yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So for those who don't know, since the show is new, um, this show is all based off of a book by the same name. Mm-hmm. And it's about a young woman in the 60s who is a chess prodigy. And so she's going around in these chess tournaments and winning in a uh, at these chess tournaments that are all predominantly male. Mm-hmm. And so this also takes place during the time of the Cold War and this whole thing with playing against Russia. And she really and she struggles a lot with her own genius the way she sees the world and then she also struggles a lot with addiction because Mm -hmm. she's kind of addicted to several things she's addicted to winning she's addicted to alcohol she's addicted to pills her so like all these things yeah (laughs) but at the same time um yeah because i mean there is a lot that goes to it how she ends up being this chess prodigy um yeah it's almost accidental um yes because of just her situation and how she ended up um finding out that she has a real knack for chess <laughs> which yeah so it's what's interesting is she ends up as an orphan and so she mm-hmm. ends up with this orphanage and um she's asked to take the erasers down to the basement and she sees their janitor mr shyball playing chess and she's never seen it before she's nine years old she's never seen it she never played mm-hmm. it um and she's and a very so, direct child. She yes. almost has kind of, I don't want to say no filter, but kind of no filter where she just, she wants an answer and she's going to ask a very direct question and she doesn't really, I don't think she really realizes when she's being rude or like kind of overstepping her boundaries right? because her mom herself kind of suffered from some mental illness um and so her mom you know she she's nine years old she ends up in an orphanage you know so she wasn't really she didn't have a normal like childhood of having a mom and a dad and you know teaching her um you know those things <laughs> and right. so she and at one point like mm-hmm. you realize her mom is probably a genius too because you see a book Right. It's written on mathematics, like mm-hmm. a really high-end mathematics book, and it's written by her mother. Right. So, in a way, her mother kind of suffers from the same thing, where right. it's this genius, you know, that tipping the scales into madness. Mm-hmm. And uh, although for her mother, it the scales do tip. Yeah, And so, it tips the... Unfortunately, yeah, and mm-hmm. it does tip the wrong way. And I think part of it, too, is if you put this into maybe today's... I think a lot of people would just look at her and say, oh, she's autistic. Right. She has those autistic tendencies, almost like a little bit of an Asperger's, Mm -hmm. where she has a hard time connecting with people. Mm -hmm. And like you said, she's not afraid to just ask a direct question because there's not emotion attached to it. She doesn't attach emotion to questions. And And you really see that. Emotion to to, um, knowledge. Right. And you really see it, especially when she's, as she's a child, um, and when she's talking to Mr. Scheibel, or Scheibel, Scheibel? Scheibel, Scheibel. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and I, oh God, I love his character. I know he doesn't say much and he's not, like, he's there, but he's not really there, but I love his mm-hmm. character. I love the way that he like responds to her the way that he handles her um he doesn't he tries in the beginning he kind of brushes her off just because you know she's she's not really supposed to like associate with a janitor (laughs) right you know (laughs) especially in a basement um and she's a child she's a girl you know he's an older man Mm -hmm. and so you just kind of see that as a little odd and but you see that he you know he himself has a love for the game of chess too. Um, and, but I think his is more just to kind of pass the time just because, you know, he's mm-hmm. a janitor at an orphanage. <laughs> um, right. But when he sees the potential in her and he sees, you know, that she's got something, he really helps her and embraces it. And, you know, um, 
yeah, it's just kind of a mentor for her during he this is. time. And then he's the biggest thing too is he's not afraid to tell her no. Exactly. He's not afraid to tell her when you're wrong or what mm-hmm. the right thing is to do. Like when he tells her, "Oh no, you resign now," and she's like, "Why?" Right. And, and she's like, just... "Because when you lose sportsmanship, like he teaches her sportsmanship, mm-hmm. like." When you teach kids games, it's, you know, a lot of people tell you, well, it's important they learn how to lose. Exactly. Because at some point, they're going to lose. Mm-hmm. That's even her as a chess prodigy. At some point, she's going to lose. Right. And so she has to learn to deal with that. And, and uh, she has to know when to say, okay, like, I've done all that I can. And right. now I need to resign, you know? And yes. like you said, that was a big thing because in the very first part, like she got pissed. Like she was, she was mad. upset. She called him a very bad name. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because she didn't even know what it no. meant. She ended up asking Jolene later, what is this? <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, exactly. She didn't even know what it meant, but she knew that because you know she overheard you know one of the other girls saying it and she knew it wasn't a good word but that's just that goes to show that she was she was upset she was not happy yeah. that he told her to resign and that basically right. she lost <laughs> and, yeah so and it's it is interesting and so mm-hmm. one of the things in this show that was just kind of revolutionary um is the way they give you that peek into her mind into beth's mind mm-hmm. um so she's got these she ends up with these tranquilizers which was not uncommon for orphanages at the time to tranquilize right. kids because a lot of kids running around and few adults and right. they're orphans and what have you so um she would wait to take them at night and then she'd replay the games in her head and you'd mm-hmm. see it in on the ceiling as the chess pieces move and it was done so incredible the first time my husband and i watched this i mean our jaws were on the floor we're like oh, that yeah. is incredible like that is just it's beautiful mm-hmm. it's haunting it's like this peek into this genius brain of mm-hmm. someone who watch plays a chess game and then remembers every single move after right and then and replays it and then <clears throat> finds the mistakes and finds where right. it could have been better or played differently and mm-hmm. like that's bananas. <laughs> right. I loved it. And it's kind of nice. And I don't know um, if you're like, if you play chess, if you've ever played chess, usually, you know, when you're in the middle of playing the game, usually you do see your next like move or two that you can mm-hmm. kind of gauge of like, okay, well, if I move my piece here, they're probably going to move this piece there. And you can kind of, you know, kind of, play the game in your head a little bit too a little bit Um, but usually what is it like maybe you can get three to five steps ahead right but and it'll take a little bit right you're kind of like okay well this okay i can do this and this like you're slower at it but she's got it where it's like instantly and can play the whole game in a matter of well yeah that's what i was gonna say is that you do no it's fine i was like i'm not done yet but okay i'm sorry (laughs) it's fine but i was just saying like yeah you know and for me it's kind of like yeah when i play the game i can do it while i'm there sitting at the chessboard because like most people when you play the chess game you usually try to see a couple moves ahead um just Mm -hmm. to make sure that if what you're gonna move is gonna be worth it or not Um, but her, it's like, not only like she already knows she goes into the next game already having played in her mind the night before, basically of what, you know, like what she's going to do, how Mm -hmm. she's going to do it. Um, and then, but yeah, it was just, I, I loved the way that the, did that whole thing I loved how you kind of like you said got like a peek into her mind you got to see how she did it how she worked it um and she really kind of she really relied on that she really Mm -hmm. you know needed that because even when you see as she gets older and she does finally get adopted and they take away the tranquilizers you know 
Um, because at some point they do take away the tranquilizers when they realize that you shouldn't right. probably give those to kids. I know. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, she's still a child when they take it away. Um, and, and it's, and that's when you really see the peak of the start of her addiction. Um, mm-hmm. because she gets again she gets upset because she knows that they help her she knows that they you know enhance whatever it is that she's already got in her mind and it helps her to visualize exactly what she's going to do so she gets upset that she doesn't have them anymore and (laughs) I personally I thought I I thought it was kind of hilarious when, I mean, it's funny and it's sad at the same time because you're like, this right. poor child is, is you know, by this time she's, what, 10, 11? Nine. Nine. Well, well I know she's, away, yeah. she breaks in. Yeah. When she breaks in. Yeah, she's nine. Yeah. And so, you know, she, yeah. So anyway, so she breaks in, she takes this massive, like, handful, and then she just starts eating them. And, and you're putting like, them in her pockets. Wow. It's like, a kid, it's like a kid in a candy store. And it's funny you say that. So I, there's on Netflix, there's also the like behind the scenes or mm-hmm. the making of this. And that was one of the things the director had talked about. He said, I wanted to add a little humor to it. He goes, right. and that was kind of the whole point was like, yes, it's serious and bad. But at the same time, it's kind of funny because she's right. sort of like a kid in a candy, candy store, store just taking handfuls handfuls right because you just see her grab a handful and shove it in her mouth and then start grabbing handfuls and sticking them in her pockets and you're like like child like what are you doing the way you would eat popcorn in a movie theater is how she shoves it in her literally and so yeah um but yeah, it, it is. And like, and that's how the first episode ends. Like yeah. her like crashing and burning. You're like, what did I just watch? Right. <laughs> um, I think one of the other things I really wanted to mention too is what kind of makes this show kind of unique and mm-hmm. so amazing is they didn't lean into cliches. And no. by that, I mean like when she ends up at the orphanage and they start cutting her hair and talking, like both my husband and I are holding our breath because we're expecting the worst of the worst at mm-hmm. this orphanage. Like we're expecting physical, emotional right. abuse. Like you're expecting all of that. And none of that happens. It, right. I think the haircutting comes more for just convenience sake. That's a lot of girls and lice can run rampant. Exactly. And you're not yeah. dealing with a bunch of hairstyles. They're just short haircuts. Mm-hmm. Um, One thing that cli- did. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, so, okay, so the other cliche I was going to talk about is once she gets adopted, there's a part of you that's like, oh, my God, this is going to be terrible. Like, you know, she's been <laughs> in an abusive situation, which doesn't happen. So like, right. you have this, like, anxiety but, okay, wait, of really expecting quick. the expected. Yeah. So, okay, so going back to, like, her getting adopted, on the drive home, I was a little nervous because you see the dad well like the husband or whatever he kind of like he gives her weird looks and and as you watch the story more you start to understand that he was more or less because for me I was like oh my gosh like please don't let this like please don't let him be an asshole (laughs) like same I was like I don't I don't I don't want to see I'm like I don't (laughs) like that feeling that I'm getting I don't like the way that he's looking at her like through the mirror you know like it was just Mm -hmm. I was like you said I was holding my breath because I was like oh my gosh I don't know what's gonna happen next and usually like yeah you know most situ or a lot of situations don't end up you know or don't end up in a good situation Right. And why else would this couple be adopting a 13-year-old, which she right. definitely was, like, 15 at the time? But, like, <laughs> why else would they be adopting a teenager right? if not for nefarious reasons? And you're right. like, oh, my God. So, like, yeah. And then, yeah, as you do watch more, you're like, okay, obviously this dude was just, you know, basically just giving his wife whatever she wanted and that's what she wanted. And he considered her, like, her doll, like, her plaything or whatever you know yeah. like go play dress up with your you know there's no emotional attachment to no him from him at all and like, he, was just... he could have 
been fine with never meeting her. Exactly. And so, I mean, while that's still sad, I'm glad that at least it didn't go the other direction. Because that's I know. where I felt like it was going to go. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I was like, please don't. <laughs> yeah, I had the same, same thought. Because it was just yeah. like, oh, my God, like you're holding your breath and you're waiting for the shoe to drop. But the shoe never drops. And right. So it's like, well, what is the problem? And well, the problem, you know, and yeah, there are problems. Like, it's not. Well, yeah, they it's have... really interesting because it's not mm-hmm. a perfect home life. However, Mm-mm. it's kind of perfect for Beth. Exactly. So like any other person probably wouldn't be able to handle it. But because Beth is not a very emotional person. Exactly. Like she doesn't. She was fine. Like So, yeah, she was fine. So you have this new adoptive mother who spends her days puttering around the house and drinking. That's mm-hmm. all she does. Because she's at home, she's a housewife without a child to care for. Right. And she's got a husband who travels for work and leaves her without a car and barely gives gives her any money to survive during the month. Exactly. And so that's why she wanted Beth. Mm -hmm. So she had someone there. She's not just by herself. But like, Beth is a fairly self sufficient person. Right. And well, and especially when you're interesting adopting a teen, they're not. As I mean, they're needy in their own ways, but they're not as needy as like a newborn or a toddler or right. you know smaller children. <laughs> right? No, so. it's true. She's she takes herself to school. She comes home. She so can, basically, you know, she was really just looking for a friend and a companion. Yeah, yeah, a companion, and that's yeah, and that's exactly what her husband basically calls Beth is her companion. You know, right? And which. In the end, it all it I feel like it worked out for the both of them, for Beth I and so. and Alma, her her mm-hmm. her adoptive mom, um, because you really start to see their relationship grow, and mm-hmm. and it's not in like oh like an overly like you know she's all happy and she's fine now and i mean not saying that she's not happy but i mean she is happy she's not in an orphanage anymore you know right she kind of starting to have like a normal life if you will and i mean yeah she runs into a little bit of problems at school with some of the girls but that's to be that's expected expected yeah um and then yeah and then again she just she throws herself into chess again because that's her Mm -hmm. familiarity can't say that right it's her comfort zone yeah (laughs) Yeah. it's what makes her kind of funny because like she realizes oh there's these chess tournaments like i Mm -hmm. could win money and so and she realizes that her mother was talking about her adopted mother we'll just call her her mother yeah so her mother's talking about how she doesn't have a lot of money she doesn't have anything to spare Mm -hmm. you know and um so beth sees that she could take to a chess tournament and mm-hmm. win money. So she's like, oh, I'll sign up for that. And her mom's like, uh, yeah, okay, dear. Like, whatever. Like, I guess <laughs> sure. if that's what you want to do. Like, yeah. she's just, like, not understanding or interested because, like, girls don't play chess. You know, girls right. join social clubs. Right. And so she does – she joins this chess league where she weirdly makes friends without – really wanting or attempting to make friends mm-hmm. like, she's got matt and mike who become these year long you know friends right. that stick around year after year like she comes across them several times and they well it's kind of funny because at the in the very beginning when she goes to sign up for her first one they're like who are you why are you here yeah. you know because she has no idea what like requirements are she just thinks that oh you just go sign up for a tournament and you get to play you know right and that you get to play whoever you want she doesn't understand that there's a ranking system she doesn't understand any of that you know she doesn't know no. that and so they do kind of in their own way in the very beginning they do kind of help her to kind of understand what it is that she needs and mm-hmm. how to get to play like the best you know? Right. And at first they're kind of like, yeah, whatever. Like you're just this, some girl who literally just walked in off the street, right? (laughs) you know? (laughs) And then they stick her for her very first match with the other girl. (laughs) Right. Which is in their station is on the same table where they have the drink station. Yeah. So they're not taken seriously. There's just no respect at all. Like Mm -hmm. no respect. They're not taken seriously. And then of course she beats the girl in a matter of minutes. Right. 
like she comes back they're like wait you're done and she's like yeah i won like what do i do right. <laughs> <laughs> uh <laughs> so and then like she meets harry and she meets towns there at the at this you right. know, chess tournament and she plays against harry and harry doesn't take her seriously right, he showed up not. was this the one where he showed up late uh no i think that was this. i feel like he showed up late on one of them oh, no he did i just don't know if it's this he first did. one I think it was. I think it was the first one. He showed up late, and she's like, well, if you'd showed up on time, like, maybe you would have been able to win, basically. Oh, right, like, right, right. He didn't even take her seriously enough to show up on time. Uh-huh. Like, you know, it's Yeah. Just, well, yeah, it's just it's she's a woman. It's right. the 60s, and, you know, women are barely starting to be able to have their own voice and do things, and... You know, and so, like we said, or like you said in the beginning, you know, it's a very male-dominated sport or game, whatever you call it, you know. Right. Um, and so you have this. And and not only is she a woman, but she's young. She's a teenager. Very young. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know, which super young. isn't totally unheard of because, you know, you do meet other, like, the other what is it the other russian kid is it the other russian kid? oh that... yeah you meet the russian kid which i can't remember his name was yeah i and can't then, remember his um, name but you do meet... and then we come across benny later right which so you find out he was also a child prodigy exactly so it's not totally uncommon but it's uncommon when it's a young woman like a young girl mm -hmm. who's a teen and she is you know kicking ass with all these yeah. guys that have been doing it for years <laughs> and i mean right. she has too so i mean you can't take that away from her but at the same time it's you know in the tournament world she's brand new <laughs> she's brand yeah. new and like the last time she really competed against anybody was when she was nine and got to go to the high school and play against the entire chess club which <laughs> right. she did all as one like she went around and played was it a dozen players or yeah. something yeah. And she played them all at the same time and beat every single one of them. Mm -hmm. And like like that's crazy. And they all just were like, What is happening? Here? Right. Okay, wait, kinda then... to take it back really quick, can I just say, okay, uh -huh. so when the teacher from the high school that came to watch her, um, when she was still in the basement, um, uh -huh. playing, I think it's hilarious how he Okay, so he comes and plays chess with her, plays a game, and then tells her, you know, I want to take you to the high school because, you know, I want you to play, like, the chess team that's there. and uh -huh. Or the chess club or whatever. And But then at the same time, he also brings her a gift, and it's a yes. doll. And she's like... And then I just love the exchange, and it's it's a subtle exchange between her and Mr. Scheibel, Scheibel yes. where she's like, what do I do with this? Like, he's like i don't, I don't know, know. You. <laughs> and then i just i love that i love that subtle like little exchange and she's not rude she does say thank you you know because yeah, she, she knows that much no idea what to do with this thing <laughs> but at the same time it's like foreign to her where she's like okay like like he would have been better off bringing her either a book on chess or like a chess set right but like he went with a doll because she's a nine-year-old girl exactly even though she's like this chess genius and like it's it is really funny it is and, really funny and then she like it ends up in the trash like she throws it in the trash which i'm it's like, like whatever <laughs> but i just i thought that was hilarious and i just found that her like subtle exchange with the janitor was just hilarious um yes but anyway so and then when he goes and takes her to the high school and she like beats everybody you yeah. know it's like yeah like she's obviously she's somebody she's gonna be somebody she is. like you oh, already yeah. know it <laughs> and it's funny so like she does this chess tournament she wins the chess tournament and mm -hmm. she wins her hundred dollars yep and then she goes back to her mother and her mom's like all of a sudden like wait a minute there's really money attached to this. Like we can, right? Like, we can make this work for us. Like we can work as a team. Because and it's interesting. By this time, like, her, she finds out or realizes that her adopted father is not coming back home. Like, no, he's disappeared. He's, he's done. Left. <laughs> he's done. Yeah. So he's they gone to Denver and he's never coming back. Right. So they have nothing 
right now yeah. coming in because obviously he's he wasn't sending money to begin with like when they were together very little so now he's not sending yeah. anything you know and yeah. so yeah and like you said so now alma like realizes oh like you just won a hundred bucks <laughs> like right okay <laughs> and then she's like well where's the next tournament like where can we go and right. then she does the math about going to cincinnati and then you know beth is like well what about school and she's like oh don't worry about that <laughs> like, i'll take care of that i'll take care of that <laughs> so, right and so then she she does the calculations on how much they need to spend to get mm-hmm. there and then she's like you know even if you got second or third we'd still make out ahead and she just goes oh no i'll win right like, no, no no it's fine i'll win and like, like don't even worry about it <laughs> don't even worry about it and so it's interesting like you watch this and all of a sudden it's like almost part of the world now like yeah. she's been trapped in this house and now she has a way like yeah she's not doing it on her own and her daughter's doing it you know and mm-hmm. um but, but she, she wants to be a part of it and she's exactly. there and she supports her daughter and like she doesn't understand it but she you hear her start to pick up you know and learn from her daughter as she talks about chess like right she'll even ask her interesting questions or you know things like that where it's she is engaging in beth about Mm -hmm. what it what she's doing right uh, no that's very true and i do yeah because and it's kind of like alma finally realizes like not so much her purpose but now she feels like her life has purpose that there's a reason for her to get up and to do things and to help whether if it's planning the trip because you know i mean she does. She takes charge in planning things and finding the next tournament, you know, and all Beth has to do is, you know, not all that she has to do, but I mean, it's like, she is, you know, in the beginning, I think after the first one, she basically tells her like, you know, that she's like kind of her manager <laughs> and right. stuff, you know? And, um, but I like how in the very beginning when they realize, okay, this is what we're going to do. She tells Beth, like, I may not have been the best wife, but Mm -hmm. I can be a good mom, you know, like, and I will be like a good mom. And she does. Mm -hmm. And that is something that I thought was really cool because even though she has no idea what she's getting into, she doesn't understand this world at all. She knows that one, this is something that Beth really enjoys. Mm-hmm. She likes it. She's good at it, you know? Yeah. And so, and she realizes that, you know, this is something that they can do together. And it doesn't have to be, you know, like just Beth doing it on her own or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. And she really takes um, charge. And, you know, and you see them traveling all over. <laughs> all over. And what's, in, what's funny is like, it's almost like um, Alma is the the social person mm-hmm. to Beth's like contain. You know, like mm-hmm. Beth is not a social butterfly, no. and Alma kind of is, even though she doesn't see herself as that. Right. But like Alma was there for like or, like would watch these chess tournaments. She didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. She does not know what's going on, but she's there to watch her. And exactly. then she. Then they come across Mike and Matt again, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Well, these are your friends." Like she has to almost tell Beth, "These must be your like these are your friends." Right. <laughs> and then she's like, "We should all go out to dinner." And then they all go out to dinner together. Right. <laughs> and, like, and um. And they have a good know, time. And they do. They have a good time. And then mm-hmm. the other thing too is like, I actually there was kind of a moment that the first time I saw it didn't sit well with me, and then the second time I watched it, I was like, "Okay, like I." I get it. Uh-huh. So it was the moment where Alma kind of, it was at the end of one of her tournaments. It was like really early on, like I think the Cincinnati tournament. Uh huh. And she says, Oh, we make Alma's like, we make a really good team. Perhaps maybe I can get 10% of your winning as like basically to like as a manager. Like, right. Because you're manager. And you're right. like, there's that part of you that goes, You should be a better mom than that. But at the same time, like, you look at Beth and she kind of, you see her calculating and thinking in her brain and mm-hmm. she realizes the value of Alma. Right. And rather than tell her, like, no. how about we just know <laughs> or something yeah. else, she goes, how about 15%? Right. Because she sees value in Alma. And the first time I watched it, I was like, that's kind of cold and shitty. But, like, then I, the second time I watched it, I paid more attention to Beth. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I think. I think because Beth is not only okay with it, but thinks she deserves more. Yeah. 
I kind well, of saw that as like I think more of like this is now Alma's job, right? And so there has to be, you know, this is her way of making money. It's not like Alma goes around. I mean, honestly, the only thing she spends money on is booze. So right. Like, she's really just looking for her alcohol money. Right. <laughs> so, like, well, yeah, and then you have to see that Beth. Because she came in at the certain age, I mean, I know the orphanage said that, oh, she was 13, but she was really 15 when, yes, she, was. when she was adopted. Um, so she came into this almost at an adult, like, age. Um, mm-hmm. And she can clearly see that their marriage, that, you know, the marriage between Alma and Alston is not a perfect marriage. You can clearly see that Alston has, like, no real respect for Alma, you know, mm-hmm. and he just kind of brushes her off as a housewife and, you know, and she manages the house or whatever, you know. And so for her and Beth to, <clears throat> like, go into this thing together they kind of go in as a team, not so much as like a mom and a daughter just yet. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like their relationship as mom and daughter really starts to um, kind of take a turn when they go to Mexico. Um, yeah. I feel like that's when they really become like mom and daughter, not so much like, okay, well, you're the one who manages everything and I'm just the one who plays the games, <laughs> you know? Right. Um, so I do see that you know when she did ask her for the money because yeah at first you're like okay that's a little odd but then at the same time you're kind you have to really look at the relationship and you're like well you know they aren't they haven't really quite established that mother-daughter relationship yet and even if they had I still think you know um like you said you know Beth really does kind of see that hey if it wasn't for her putting in all this work like it probably wouldn't be where she's at. You know, I mean, maybe she mm-hmm. would have because, you know, Beth is, you know, she would do her own work for herself. But she realizes right. that Alma's there and she's helping her. You know, she's helping her get to where she's at. She's the one that's planning and doing all of this stuff. So, yeah, you know, she does start to see her worth in having her there. And um, I like that. I like, I love their relationship is not perfect by any means and they both right. have very problematic um issues but i do love the bottom line of their relationship where they just want to take care of one another like whether and yeah, beth and does they- it in her own way and alma does it in mm-hmm. her own way but it's in a way that they both understand you know it is. And Alma doesn't ask anything extra from Beth. Like, she doesn't expect Beth to act or be a certain way. Like, right. once she realizes that chess is really where her brain's at, she doesn't bug her about social uh, right. social groups or making friends within, you know, in their area or at school. Like, she doesn't talk to her about that anymore. No. Like, she just totally drops it because she sees the connections that Beth makes through chess mm-hmm. and figures, you know what? She's making her own way, her own path, and it's working for her. The best, and it's working for her. And the best <laughs> mm-hmm. I can do is be there for her. And you know, you see Alma smile a lot more when yeah. she's with Beth and doing all these things and traveling and gets excited and stuff. And um, I think there's like, I think there's a little bit of that where Alma sees Beth as both that friend slash daughter, mm-hmm. but also as a and means to an end not really an end but like she does see her as kind of a cash cow without making it so dark and twisty Mm -hmm. like she still sees her as someone like okay like we're not going to starve to death we're not going to like we're not going to lose out on anything you know we're going to be able to make our way as women and this is just how we're going to have to do it Mm -hmm. but and at the same time kind of beth kind of takes that to you where she's like no like we'll make this work. Like we will, I'll do, you know, I'll play as many tournaments as I have to play. Like we Mm -hmm. are doing this and we are making it work for us. So. Right. Cause she originally went to Alma was like, well, I can get a job. And Alma's like, well, 
No. No. Like, yeah. She, you don't. I mean, do the way that. she had phrased it, it says only girls your only colored girls your age get mm-hmm. jobs, and so. Um, and again, so that, just kind of you reminds know, you of the time that they're in. You know, right. Exactly. Where she and um, so, anyways, it was just kind of interesting. But then, like chess, well, chess is kind of, you know, reputable. It's mm-hmm. weirdly fancy. It's high right. end. And um, so, you know, it's classy, I guess. I know it sounds really weird, but it is. It's classy. And Mm -hmm. I think what they also do really well in this show, because we could probably talk for another 20 minutes on Alma and Beth. Oh, Um, yeah, definitely. (laughs) Things they do really well in this show is um, so all the chess moves you see are real chess moves, real chess plays. Right. Um, The chess board moves are set up correct. Chess boards and moves are all done correctly. Mm -hmm. Because on set, they had two people who acted as consultants. Uh, One was National Master Bruce Pandorfini. That's cool. And Grandmaster Gary Kasparov. Um, so they actually had grand chess grandmaster there. Um, That's really cool. Which is really cool. So, and what's also kind of interesting is you have um, both Anya and Thomas, who played chess prodigies, mm-hmm. knew very little about chess before doing this. You know, wow. even though they played chess prodigies. Right. So <laughs> they basically had to memorize them. Like, they know kind of basic chess, but not anything right they, not... but they did say they both said that doing the show had improved their chess games <laughs> oh I, I would hope so <laughs> no you have a grandmaster there with you i hope I it improves know. your chess game <laughs> <laughs> but it's like you know anyway so like when they do speed chess they basically just had to memorize where everything went uh-huh. and they would do them all in like one take that is insane speed yeah, chess like, is is nuts i remember after we watched this show um we brought out our chess you know set because i don't know you can't help but watch this show everyone and want to play chess <laughs> and everyone so, did <laughs> so we brought our chess our chess set out and i remember my husband and i sat there and we like timed ourselves and we did like a whole like speed chess thing and i was like how do they do it like it's so fast <laughs> i'm like i can't like i can't think that fast <laughs> so yeah but it also been like I don't know, like 10 years since I had played chess. So it's been a long time. (laughs) Oh yeah, for sure. And you know, it's interesting too. So she ends up, she's in this male dominated. So all her friends are male. Right. And what's interesting is she makes deeper connections than she realizes Mm -hmm. until like they're in her face. So like Harry calls her up after she loses to Borgov the Uh first time. Right. I think it was. Yeah. And he calls her up and he's like, no, I can help you. I know you're better than me, but I can still teach you things. Like, uh-huh. cause she's not really willing to learn. She no. just kind of, she's very she stubborn. Shuts a lot of people out. <laughs> she is very stubborn. Uh-huh. She's like, well, I don't like, I don't know what I could possibly learn from you. And like, right. but she does learn from Harry. There mm-hmm. are things she learns. And, um, well, yeah, and she be- learns, mm-hmm. sorry, like, she, oh, sorry. she finds out that Harry, like got his teeth fixed because of her. Mm-hmm. And like, like right. he's like no like, like he basically has this giant crush on her right and she just has zero clue right <laughs> well i think before we go into that i think we should also mention at this point by this point her mother has passed away yes her mother has died they were in mexico um and it was okay so the part where she comes in and because she's playing against Borgov, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, she right, plays against the first Borgov. one. Okay. Yeah. So so she's playing against him, she loses. Okay. And you know, she walks into the hotel room and she, you know, her mom is in bed and she's got the the like side lamp table on. Um and she's just talking. She's talking about the match. She's talking about, you know, how she thought she had him. And, mm-hmm. you know, and then, you know, the, the one mistake that she made, you know, with her pawn and he took it and she realized after that, like she was done, you know? Yeah. And she was really upset, you know, but it's again, and I know like, like you said, we could spend another like 20 minutes talking about the relationship, but yes. it's at this point that you really see that she's not just venting to a friend. She's not talking to a friend. She's talking to her mom, you know, yeah. and she's talking to her. And she's telling her all these things of like 
you know, because her mom wasn't there, you know, watching the, right. the this match, you know. And at one point when she reaches over, you know, because, again, the mom's laying on the bed. She sits down on the bed and she reaches over and she touches her. And she's like, I'm really glad you weren't there for this match, you know, because mm-hmm. she lost, <laughs> you know. Right. And, and that and then you just see where she just realizes that you know her mom's not moving <laughs> she hasn't no. said anything to her um and she realizes that her mom passed away you know yeah. and like but then you just go and you kind of see kind of takes you back to the very beginning where she just is stoic she does mm-hmm. all the things that she needs to do. She calls down to the front desk, you know, and calls, you know, lets them know, like, what happened. You know, they call their people to come up to take Alma away and all of that. And you just see her and she kind of reverts back to when she kind of went first into the orphanage, you know. Right. And she goes quiet. Yeah, she goes quiet. And then she remembers oh like my tranquilizers you know because at this point she she had and hadn't really been taking them like they were kind of sporadic they weren't on like all the time mm-hmm. and you know and then it's kind of kind of funny because the uh the bellboy you know basically tells her like or no the doctor tells her well you don't need a prescription here for that because you know they're in mexico yeah, you can just go to the pharmacy <laughs> yeah and she's, and like, she's like oh, oh. <laughs> Like candy, literally candy store for her. (laughs) And, and then, you know, it's kind of funny too, because, you know, the bellboy is kind of a jerk uh, when he's talking to her. I think he's a concierge. I think that's who he is. He's a manager of some sort. Yeah. But he makes a comment on how much she drank, how much Alma drank. Because, you know, he was like, well, you know, all the margaritas and blah, blah, blah. But then I kind of, I like it where it's a subtle dig at him. And she's like, well, she did mention the quality of the tequila, you know. (laughs) She knew what he was already going for. Right. And then she was like, and he's like, well, don't worry. Like everything. Basically, he what he seems to, I think what's going on is at this point, he's like, okay, can we get in trouble as a hotel for causing this woman to die? Right. So how about we try not to have that happen and just <laughs> comp everything mm-hmm. so that way this person doesn't turn around and make us pay more money. Right. And so I think that's really where he's coming from. Mm-hmm. And then she kind of really turns it on his on him. Like, <laughs> well, she, you know, basically playing into his hands. Right. That she knows what he's trying to do. And right. She's like, well, if you want to play that game, then I guess I'm going home with all my winnings and I don't right. have to pay anything. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. But and then, you know, and then she has to make the phone call to Alston to let him know because, you know, the home is, you know, it. I'm sure in his name. You know. Oh, absolutely. The home is in his name. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it is his still his wife. They are technically right. married, even though they haven't seen him in years. Right. They are still technically married. So she's like, well, you need to call him. Um, and she talks to him on the phone and stuff mm-hmm. and basically tells him that, like, you know. like What happened? She, well, she also doesn't know what Alma's wishes were. Right. She asked about that. And then, um, and then at that time, he tells her, you can stay at the house as long as you make payments. And mm-hmm. she's like, that's not a problem. Right. They're probably already doing that anyways, to be honest. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so, yeah. like, she's like, oh, that's not a problem and everything. And I think, and I absolutely love the scene when he comes back. Mm-hmm. What was it, like, six months later or something? Yeah. Trying and, like, to take the house from her. Trying to take the house from uh-huh. her. And she's like, well, how about I buy out the house from basically like i'll buy it out right. from you and he's like you don't have she's he's like well you don't you have know, that kind of seven money <laughs> grand. well he goes well it's seven grand she goes you have five grand in equity and like right like, like basically schools then, him on everything <laughs> oh yeah and then he's like and so he's like you don't have that kind of money she goes i'll write a check and then she's paused and she goes Minus the cost of funeral expenses, of course. And uh-huh. you're like, damn. Right. <laughs> like, which you know probably came out to the original five grand. Uh-huh. You know, 1960s funerals, not 2020 funerals. No. Cost 30 grand plus. Exactly. Um, so, anyways, it is it is one of those, like, it's a, it's a chess move. It's a life chess move is what she did. Mm-hmm. She basically put him in a checkmate. And he had no choice but to basically sell her the house. 
and um yeah, yeah so it was just it was done so well so then now after her mom dies you know harry comes kind of into mm-hmm. her life and he doesn't realize that her mom just died like she literally comes back into town and then yeah. he's like hey i'm here <laughs> right so, um, yeah but he comes in to help her and then she ends up also later on you know like a year or two later she ends up uh learning from benny as well who kind of mm-hmm. takes her under his wing to teach her and and he kind of gets frustrated with her at times too oh yeah kind of like well she's very stubborn she is he's like well the footnotes she goes well i don't read the footnotes and he goes okay well you need to start reading footnotes right (laughs) basically like like like, we all get it you're amazing but you can be better like that's kind of interesting is they acknowledge how amazing she is Mm -hmm. but at the same time they're like but you have better potential to be better like you can be better like you can still learn you can learn right like you can always learn you're never done learning (laughs) Yeah, she kind of, like, has this attitude, like, oh, well, I keep winning, and I win enough money to survive off of, like, what the hell do I Right, so it's fine. Or... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, but, like, she does want to be Grandmaster. She does want to beat Borgoff. Like, mm-hmm. she does want to do that, but she thinks, like, she can just do it because of who she is and not right. without, and not put in the work for it. And, right. Um, so it's, it's kind of cool how she ends up there, and then, of course, she ends up with, you know, real relationships with both Harry and Benny at some mm-hmm. point. Yeah, um, which was a little <laughs> entertaining. Really yeah, definitely. Um, and then one of the things too I wanted to mention that I have on my notes um, is, uh, let's see where to go. I'm sorry, I totally blanked out. Oh, um, so one of the things is the seven episodes correspond to the seven squares upon occupies from the starting square until it may be promoted to a queen when it reaches the furthest rank. Mm-hmm. So Beth completes her journey from pawn to queen in episode seven. Uh-huh. Um, so, and it's also, the promotion is also achieved in her game against Borgov in the final episode. And I, mm-hmm. you know, Beth, through this whole thing, like, she really struggles with addiction. She ends up in a mm-hmm. downward spiral um, at yep. one point. And it was after Paris where she partied hard. Party yes. hardy, and then goes to try and play against Borgov, and it was just a total shit show. Oh, yeah. And I think, like, when you watch Borgov, like, you can tell how disappointed he is in her. Uh-huh. I think he knows how good she is. Well, yeah. And he wanted to beat her at her best, mm-hmm. not when she's, like, barely hanging on. Right. And, you know, and it really kind of sends her into this downward spiral, and... You know, and the only person to drag her out is a surprise mm-hmm. visit from Jolene, who shows up and was like, girl, yeah, you gotta like, get your life you together. Like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, you're better than this. And and they find out that, Mr. you know, and that's when Beth finds out that I Mr. Shyball passed away. And so, and, you know, it's funny because, like, it's kind of funny, but not. But, like, when she goes, I right. $5. I was going to say, <laughs> she realizes that she never paid him back. <laughs> <laughs> no she never did and um but when she goes down into like his space in the basement she sees that he'd been keeping yeah. track of her career like he'd been like he cut mm-hmm. out all of her articles and you know and like chess review and time magazine and in the newspapers right. and like all this stuff like he'd been following her career and he supported mm-hmm. her in his own way even though he never got paid back when he gave her the original money to right. sign up for the right. first chess tournament and um, so I think it was definitely like that was a kind of a slap in the yeah. face to her. I think where she realized that like she didn't do, she knows she didn't do right by Mister Shyball by mm-hmm. not paying him back. And while it probably wouldn't matter to him, like I don't think he definitely no. never held it against her. And like instead, he just kind of quietly supported her right. in his own little way. And I think that was just hugely mm-hmm. eye opening for her. And. Um, you know, really kind of helped her get her act together where she was more open to learning and wanting to be better and get to Russia and play against Borgov. So I think that was definitely, like, as sad as Mr. Mm Shyball's passing was, it it helped catapult her into being the best player. But yeah, so I mean, I'm not saying that had she not gotten, like, the $5 from Dr. or Mr. Shybell, but yeah, she would have figured out another way, but... He really did help her by giving her, like, that first $5 um, to join, you know, her first match or whatever. Yeah. But I think at the same time, he already knew. He knew who she was. He knew what 
she was, you know, basically. Right. Like, he knew that she was going going to make something of herself from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. So, I don't think it really bothered him. I, me, I mean, me personally, I don't think it bothered him that she wasn't able to pay him back or didn't pay him back. Um, but I do wish maybe, like, they would have showed them, like would have shown her paying him back the $5, you know, to the, I don't know. But, but then again, their relationship was very, or their friendship was very, um, uh, gosh, like not an emotional a, relationship no, or friendship, you it know, was it was more like a, um, I know teacher saying, and sort of, student and that's yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. You know? Yeah, no, it was. So... So, I mean, but, yeah, it's sad that, you know, but like you said, you do see that he did have, he did watch her. He did see her successes. He did see everything that she did, whether, you know, whether she told him or not, you know, mm-hmm. she, he did follow her and, you know, but I think he knew at the same time that she was going to be somebody um, yeah, and that she was going to make her way in this mm-hmm. chess world. <laughs> right. So. And so I, Kind of to wrap it up here, too, I want to talk about that towards the very end of the movie, or show, movie, it's the end of the show, <laughs> uh, where she's in Russia, Towns shows up out of nowhere, uh, mm-hmm. and which, I mean, just brings her just total elation. He's sort of like the one who got away for her. and Right. Um, but he shows up, and then, like, because she's, her and Borgoff have been playing so long, they've had to actually take a break, um, mm-hmm. where they pause the game. And then, um, and then they'll return to the game later. So they've been playing for right. so many hours. They've actually had to put a break in it. So it's at this break, and she sees Towns, and then, you know, and she's stressing about what to do, but she's exhausted. You know, she, mm-hmm. you know, and there's a lot going on, a lot writing on this, and she's been stone cold sober for, you know, for quite some time. So this is, you know, it's everything mm-hmm. is really. She's feeling everything. Right. And it's the moment where town the phone rings, Towns picks it up and goes, yep, hold on one second, and then gets her, and then she realizes it's all the friends she has met through chess have mm-hmm. come together to work out the problem and work out right. the chessboard, and it brings me to tears every time. Yes. It's just this moment where it's like, it doesn't matter that she has beaten every single one of these people, or uh-huh. that Benny has kicked her ass several times. Or that, right. you know, any of that. Well, the it's point even... Is, is um, they all came together to, mm-hmm. to help her. And she finally listened. She listened. Right. She didn't scoff at them. She worked right. with them. She didn't fight against them. And it's just this whole moment where she realizes that it is kind of all of them against all of Russia in a weird way. Right. Right. <laughs> and like you said, it is... Um... Well, yeah, you know, the, she finally, and I think, you know, that's when she finally makes an emotional connection to these people, you know, where they're not just, oh, people that I've beaten, people that I've played, they're friends, like these are friends. And she kind of finally makes that connection too, of like, even though I've beaten them and even though, you know, they've you know, I've, you know, she's treated them kind of poorly at times. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they're still there. They still want to see her win. I mean, she's playing the big guy. So, yeah. you know, of course they're going to sit there and, or not sit there, but of course they're going to, like, help her because that's what you do for a friend, whether they've right. beaten you or not. And I think at one point, isn't the, even the girl that Benny had over the model, um, isn't no. she there too? No, she's no, not. she's not I there. there was and there's another girl. No, there might have been, but there, Anyways. there's a theory that she is actually a Russian spy. Oh, um, really? Because she comes in and lures uh, Beth to like the night of drinking <gasps> before oh, her big right. game to Borgov, and then she's also the only one who knows about her feelings towards Towns. And he was saying how he was able to, like, quickly get his visa approved, like, really fast to come out there. And so in the hopes that he would distract her from the game and she wouldn't do as well. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so there is that theory that she's actually a Russian spy. So How funny. Uh, But Um, yeah, but 
But yeah, I, I do like that moment. That's a big moment for her. And it's kind of like where she realizes she's not in, even though she's lost her mom at this point, like again, because she already lost her biological mom, you know, when she was right. nine. Um, so that she's not alone in this right. and she's finally accepted help. <laughs> yeah. You know, for that sure. it's okay to get help. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's okay to ask for help. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there, even if I you mean, are a genius. <laughs> yes. I wanted to kind of end this too. So at one mm-hmm. point, Alma tells her that she prefers to have a Gibson rather than a Martini because yeah. Gibson she always finds more classy. So I thought for fun, I put up the drink recipe for a Gibson. You will need a third <laughs> of an ounce of dry vermouth, two ounces of gin, stir well in a shaker with ice, pour into a chilled Martini glass, and garnish with a silver skin onion. And that is how you make Yay. a Gibson. Um, there <laughs> so is so fun. much more to the show. This show brought chess back. It turned a book into a bestseller 37 years after mm-hmm. it was written. Um, this show is so worth watching. There's a reason why people got so excited about this show. It's probably one of the most mm-hmm. well-known shows I've ever come across. Um, it's seven it really episodes. is. It's yeah. seven episodes. It feels longer. I remember when I was like re-watching this, for some reason, I was kind of blown away at the fact that it's only... I mean, they are about an hour long. Um, mm-hmm. but it's kind of amazing how much and what they do in seven episodes. <laughs> yeah. It's, so, impressive. And it, it's really impressive. It takes you on a journey and it's kind of amazing and I love it. And, um, they did such a phenomenal job with everything, mm-hmm. everything, the set, um, the costumes, like, yeah, like, making chess exciting. I don't know how else to like, to yeah. like I don't know a better <laughs> selling point other than they managed to make chess exciting. And like, that's right. really hard to do. <laughs> it's kind of like golf. <laughs> yeah. Golf's not that exciting. <laughs> no, um, but I do, you know, and yeah, I, I love, I've, I've, always really enjoyed playing chess so I really love the way that they yeah like you said kind of made this exciting and I especially love the way that they portrayed her thoughts and her thinking when Mm -hmm. her replaying chess moves and all that stuff yeah and this is all done so well that it reads like a true story Mm -hmm. it really does like there's nothing in here where you're like that would never happen right but like it's all done, so, and part of that is because they use real life things like real chess moves, mm-hmm. real chess openings. They use the proper names and terms, and uh, a lot of research went into you know, that. I mean, the fact that a they lot had, of research, yeah, the chess review—that's a real magazine, right? And the fact was. that they had actual grandmaster, like a grandmaster there, you know, to mm-hmm. show them how to play and how to do things properly, you know, really. Yeah, I mean, they executed it very well. Um, they did. And, I mean, shoot, it got me excited to where I bought the book, too. So I'm actually really excited to read the book. I haven't had a chance to read it yet. Um, but I do want to read it because I'm usually a person who likes the book better than, like, movie or show. But uh-huh. So I'm really interested in seeing how the book is going to, like portray and like hold up because i i love the show (laughs) so Mm -hmm. i think they did amazing um really bringing everything to life like you literally felt transported back to the 60s in a way and as i'm sure you know i mean even down to like the flying the airlines the you know the how glamorized it was to fly and Mm -hmm. you know gosh i look back and i'm like Okay, they're not even flying first class, probably. They're probably flying, like, regular. And we get treated like coach. sardines in a game. I know. <laughs> so I'm like, I want to, you know. It's so different now. <laughs> it is. It's mind-blowing. But, yeah, yeah. so if you, if you haven't had a chance to watch this show, like, don't sleep on this show. I highly recommend it. Um, yeah. I think it's amazing. I mean... Um, it's worth the it hype. It really is. I think so. And it's it's yeah. kind of hard to find something that's actually worth, you know, people getting, like, super excited over something. Um, yeah. Generally, I, tr- I tend to wait until the hype dies down. 
um, over something just because sometimes I just, I don't want to be disappointed sometimes <laughs> where I'm like, uh, or I don't want to feel like I don't want to be bullied into yeah, it either. No, definitely like, not. Just because everybody else right. is. <laughs> but I feel like this is one of those things where even if you're not into chess, you're going to be into chess by the end of this like show. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing you'll realize is chess transcends every culture and language. Yeah. So it doesn't matter that, you know, these people don't may not speak the same language. The rules of the game are the exactly. same. And they all have to play by the same rules and do the same mm-hmm. thing. And, you know, there's certain etiquette things that happen uh, that are also across the mm-hmm. board, you know, things like that. And so it is very interesting. It is one of those things that you're like, oh, this is something that, you know, you can connect with someone regardless of language barrier mm-hmm. or, you know, something like that. And Exactly. Um, so yeah. anyways, with that, I think we'll go ahead and end it for mm-hmm. this week. Next week, we are talking about Santa Clarita Diet as we continue on our April Netflix month. Yes. Um, super excited. And like, I'm always, I love Santa Clarita Diet, but I'm still, I'm still angry. Oh, so still salty we'll over that. that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I'm still super salty. So, um, <laughs> Anyways, um, you can find us on social media, uh, on Instagram mm-hmm. at Oi with the Coffee already, and as well as on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you can always send us an email if you have suggestions at thecaffeinatedbesties at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also have the website, thecaffeinatedbesties.com. And where can we listen? Where can people listen to us? Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, and iTunes. So, yeah. Yes. Well, look us up. We are everywhere. <laughs> Rate us, subscribe, <laughs> review. Um, yeah, just, yeah, help us get out there because we're having fun. Yeah. <laughs> and then if you are so inclined, we are on Patreon. We'll have a link to that in the show notes. Yep, definitely. Um, and... This this show, if you are on the fence about a Netflix um, subscription, I wonder if they if they do a free one week trial, just get the one week trial and watch the show. And <laughs> yeah, life. definitely. Like, it's so good. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> um, anyways, uh, go ahead and take a gander at the show. We hope you enjoyed mm-hmm. this, and we will catch you all next week. Yep, sounds good. Bye. Bye.